Hello everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito, joined again by Jared Gardner. Jared, welcome back. Uh, did miss you last weekend, so it's good to have you, you back in the, uh, the broadcast box. Huge weekend that we've just come out of. It's the uh, the great time of year with finals. We've seen some premierships already decided with the three women's uh, competitions coming to a close at the weekend. Fantastic uh, to see uh, some, some great games in, in the grand finals. Of course, we congratulate the VU Western Spurs on two premiership wins uh, and also the Greensboro uh, Football Club on winning their first women's premierships. And, and now this weekend, we have the start of our senior men's grand finals. It's an exciting time of the year across the Northern Football Netball League. Yeah, well, September is finally upon us. We've been waiting for this. Um, we've had we've had a lot of action over the last six weeks in terms of deciding final spots and a lot of storylines coming up. But now we're finally into the thick of it. Uh, and it was great to be at Epping Recreation Reserve on Sunday. We saw those three women's grand finals and uh, a, a couple of a great games, especially that first one, the Division Three grand final, where Greensboro just got over the line over VU Western Spurs. And then uh, the Spurs go on and take out the Division One and Division Two premierships. So uh, a, a great feat for them to, first of all, have three clubs or three teams in uh, grand finals, but then to win two of those premierships is a great achievement. And on Saturday, it was out at Preston City Oval for the first time this season. And uh, a spirit had come back from Heidelberg, but just couldn't get over the line against uh, fierce rivals in North Heidelberg. So can't wait to see what else is in store. Well, in terms of the both Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, but also A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, I don't think you could have asked for a better game to start each of their final series. We, we were obviously at Preston City Oval, and at three-quarter time, we were lamenting that we were at the, the one game that wasn't close. You looked at the around-the-ground scores, you had a close one at Epping Rec Reserve, where Banyul and Whittlesey were going toe-to-toe, and, and similar at, out at Whittlesey Showgrounds in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, where it was tight between Lorimer and South Rang. But that last quarter that, that Heidelberg produced, that was... One of the great finals quarters, unfortunately for them, it was in vain. They, they didn't get across the line. But if that's what we're going to see from the start of the finals, we can't wait what's going to come up over the next three weeks. It was one of the more remarkable games. And, and in the end, it's, it leaves you wanting more, absolutely. But you almost get more questions than answers because North Heidelberg, absolutely dominant in periods in that game. They're up by 59 points. At times, could do no wrong. That Shane Harvey torpedo on the three-quarter time siren. When, when those ones are going in, you think it's certainly a day, but then ground to a complete halt, and you have to query, one, was it A, complacency? Did they think they had the game won? B, was it just a case of Heidelberg being far too good? Or C, was it a combination of A and B and perhaps the, the conditions as well that, that played a factor with Heidelberg kicking with the wind? Yeah, it was very interesting because it... it it wasn't a matter of North Heidelberg running out of legs because we've seen them run out games so well and, and erase deficits in their own right um, this season. So they're fit enough to do it. So it may have been a little bit of, of the combination of the things you said, a little bit of complacency and a little bit of just Heidelberg. They, at that point, they had nothing to lose in the last quarter and they just thought, um, see, see what we can do, try some different things. And it, it worked. They kicked eight goals, five in that last quarter to three behinds for North and a comeback for the ages was almost on the cards, but just unfortunately couldn't get it done. It started as impossible, mission impossible to start the last quarter. Yep. Tom Sullivan went for masterstroke, kicked three goals early, and he just when he kicked his third one, you thought, oh, well, it's about nine, ten minutes into the quarter. They're 34 points down, got a good wind. If they can get another couple quickly, which they did, and then by the end, you probably, it was a surprise that they didn't win because they got within a goal with about three minutes to go, and at the end, North was just, 
dour in their defence and uh, there was a chance there was a ball that slipped through the, the grasp of, of Sam Grimley that went through for a minor score had if he marked it it would have been a tough kick with really no angle to, to face from but uh, you never know I guess in, in those uh, in those moments so a remarkable start to finals um, we said the same across in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 where Banyul is the first side through to the grand final. Uh, of course, they had a tight win over Whittlesey. But again, that, that start to that final series leaves you with even more questions because Banyul gets there. They've been the, they have been the benchmark since early in the season. I know that they finished equal on points with Whittlesey, but they've been the side that everyone's chasing all year. They're the first to, to book a grand final spot. But Whittlesey, if they get a chance at them again in the grand final, they go in confident. And all of a sudden, Altham's building as well. They've won four games in a row. And, and this weekend, I know we'll talk about it in more depth later on, but that prelim shapes as, as one of the, the more enticing ones we've seen in, in recent years. Yeah, it's going to be a great match on the weekend. Go back to, to last Saturday and you say, Banyul, they, they have been the benchmark all season, but Whittlesey have been really coming hard in the last half of the season, really kind of flexing their muscles and saying, well, we're kind of... We're going under the radar, but we're still a very good chance at, at winning this. And uh, took Banyu right to the wire on Saturday, and a, a great result because it gives them a lot of confidence. Because if they know, well, they know now that if they can go and beat Altham in the preliminary final. There's no reason why they can't beat Banyul on Preston City oh, Oval. Absolutely. So it's a close competition there. And we, of course, uh, in, in a way, uh, may have buried the lead because we also have a our first men's uh, grand final this coming weekend. That'll be played at Whittlesea Showgrounds on Sunday between the Panton Hill Football Club and South Morang. We'll be talking to both of those grand final coaches a little later in today's program. But, Jared, it's perhaps not the grand final we were expecting at the start of the year. Lauren had a really a dominant start. They won their first 13 games, but hit a snag late, injuries and uh, some suspensions mounting, and in the end, fall just short at the weekend against South Morang. So the Lions, they certainly wouldn't have been many people's tip at the start of the year to play off in a grand final, but they're there for the second time in three years, and, and the grand final we were perhaps expecting doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, yeah, as we said, about 12, 13 weeks into the season, we kind of, I think everyone had a lock, a Lorimer locked into that grand final spot and, and playing off in the last day. But uh, just it's just unfortunate the wheels have kind of fallen off with, with a few different things going on around the club. But uh, South Morang, to their credit, they, they beat Lorimer by 50 in the last match of the home and away season. So they knew they could go into this one and, uh, and really challenge the power. But... To, to go in and, and win such a close game, win the game by 10 points is just a credit to that club and um, they'll go with a lot of confidence this and, week. And they're fully deserving of their spot. When I know their home, uh, home and away record is inferior to what Panton Hills has been, but as you say, they had to win the last game just to play finals, knocked over South Morang, uh, sorry, knocked over Lorimer on their home deck by 50 points, then come from behind against Kilmore in the first final, back it up again at the weekend. They've had three really impressive wins, and we'll talk about that with Gary Hall uh, later throughout the program. So we'll be joined by Gary Hall, the coach of South Morang. We've also got the coach of Panton Hill in Steve Late, and we will be joined again by Christina Politarco, the Division One coach of the VU Western Spurs, who completed a rare double at the weekend, Division One and Two, both winning premierships, going through the season undefeated. So we'll have a chat to her about that. But Jared. We're going to start our look at Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 and 
at the weekend, there was some great finals uh, to kick us off. Well, in particular, there was one great one that was played on the Saturday. We talked about it just a few moments ago, but it was a game for the ages, and Heidelberg just fell short of a remarkable comeback. 14-15-99, went down to North Heidelberg, 15-12-102. It was a final we were all hoping for throughout the year. The old Heidelberg derby um, revisited on, on the grand stage, and it didn't disappoint. But on Sunday, it was, I guess for a neutral, it was a fizzer, but there's plenty of storylines that come out of that. And West Preston Lakeside, the reigning premier, having been Norton 6, they had a dominant return to Preston City Oval. It's a ground which brings great recent memories. They thrashed Montmorency, 13 goals, 12.90 to 1 goal, 7.13, and in doing so, sent a real message. So they now take on... Heidelberg this Sunday in the first semi-final. That's a knockout game. Both sides for mine are capable of winning the premiership. One of them's going to, going to be eliminated from the finals race. And then, of course, on Saturday, the first grand final spot is at stake where it's going to be Greensboro up against North Heidelberg. So we have two absolutely cracking contests coming up. But we might first start having a look at the uh, the Saturday game, and as we say, the the first spot in the grand final at stake, Greensboro up against North Heidelberg. You've watched both of those encounters throughout the course of the year. Greensboro has won both of them, albeit second time around it was a lot closer at Greensboro War Memorial Park. It was only a two-goal difference, and Greensboro kicked the last two goals in the final five minutes. Yeah, exactly. This has been a great rivalry this year, um, North Heidelberg and Greensboro, and as we said in that in that last matchup. Um, it was just a close game, a really hard-fought game, and um, Greensboro have got the got the chocolates both times, um, won both matches. So they'll go in with a lot of confidence in this one. But North Heidelberg, they they really can do anything. They know how talented this side is. They know how talented their own side is, and um, on on, their, on any given day they can knock off any side in the competition. Well, that's what one thing we were talking about. I think probably two weeks ago when we were discussing North Heidelberg, and at that stage they probably weren't playing quite the footy we saw from them at the start of the year. But we did say we get them into a final, and if players like the Harvey boys. Tardio uh, and, uh, and and co all just start dominating on the big stage. Billy Hogan's had a great year as well, and they're going to be hard to stop. And that is exactly what happened on the weekend. They, I mean, probably the exception. Boomer was by his lofty standards, yeah. perhaps subdued, but Jesse Tardio dominant once again. Yeah. Shane kicked four goals, which included two in the first quarter on the non-preferred left, where he makes it look easy. But the goals are certainly much more difficult than than he made them look out to be. And and then you you throw in. That torpedo that he kicked on the three-quarter time buzzer, and he just is a player that's made for the big stage. Billy Hogan was was one of the better players on the ground, and Michael Florence had a good day in the ruck as well. And and him and Sam Gilmore it was a good battle. But the fact that Gilmore was good without absolutely dominating is probably a tick for uh, for uh, Michael Florence and, and for North Heidelberg. So this weekend, I think that the midfield battle is crucial. There's a chance both sides, or particularly Greensboro, get some some key players back into the lineup. Jordan McIver Clark, obviously, has been part of North Melbourne's VFL setup in, in recent times. They're out of the... Well, they didn't reach the finals in the VFL. Obviously, at the weekend, didn't have to play because Greensboro had the week off. But um, how, do you, how do you see this one going, remembering that the winner goes straight through to the grand final, and in doing so, it's going to have to break history because we know that the uh, every premiership winner since Northcote Park back in 2012 has actually come through the prelim, not getting the direct route from the second semi-final. Yeah, it's a tough omen to break and uh, it'll be interesting to see if it happens this year. I, I can't go past Greensboro. I think that the team is uh, just so well-rounded and it, it is going to be interesting. We've spoken about this during the week. It, it will be interesting to see how North Heidelberg play Shane Harvey, if they're going to 
put him up onto a wing or let him go forward. Nick Riddle will be the one to take him, and um, an intriguing matchup that will be. But I, I just can't go past Greensboro. Yeah, I think uh, they're deserving favourites. I mean, 17-1. and one, They've won both their head-to-head games between the sides. Conceded an average of just 50 points a game. Conditions look like they're going to be pretty wet on Saturday, yeah. so we're expecting a fair bit of rain Friday, Friday night. So it could be heavy underfoot, but throughout the day we're expecting rain as well. So both sides have bigger body midfield, so I don't think there's a particular advantage either way. When you look at Molyneux against, and Bell going up against uh, inside ball winners like Tardio and, and also uh, Hogan as well. I don't think there's a side that gets a massive advantage out of that. And both have pretty versatile forward lines, so I don't think it's going to be a case where tall forwards are going to be too heavily impacted because both probably rely on their their smaller players. But if you look at the the head-to-head games between the sides so far this year, you talked about the the matchup of of Nick Riddle and uh, being on Shane Harvey. Well, Shane was actually uh, kept to goalless the last time they met. He kicked four uh, when they played back in round, uh, was it round five or six? Round seven, actually, yeah, it round was going back was. to the notes. But when they played in, in round 13, Nick Riddle actually didn't play that day. So yeah. it's interesting as to how they decide to, to match up on chain in that regard. But it is, it's a it's a big game, this one here. And I think you get to finals, and in, any game's going to be tough. But, but this year, I think even more so, because the sides coming through the first semi, Heidelberg finished second for a reason and fell just short in the weekend. West Preston Lakeside, well, aren't they building after losing the first six games? They're in as good a form of, of any side in the competition. So the loser on Saturday, all of a sudden, there's no guarantees you're, you're even playing in a grand final. So it is a, a massive game. Um, I'm thinking Greensboro just, but it's it's going to be one hell of a contest. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this one. And uh, I think, as you said, the, the midfield battle is where it's going to be won because we know Greensboro have such a star-studded midfield, even if they don't get... Well, they, we assume they will get McIver Clark back, but if even if they don't, they've got Bale, they've got Molyneux, they've got Chris Clark, who run through there. Uh, interesting to see if they get Tynan Smith back. He's played a bit at Essendon VFL this year, so um, whether he's picked there, whether he's available yeah, for Greensboro will be an interesting one. Essendon obviously playing this yeah. weekend as well, so selection crucial. We turn to Sunday, first semi again, Preston City Oval again. Conditions don't look like they're going to be great with the weather forecast. It's a shame. We had a great start to the final series weather-wise, but this weekend looks like we'll get a, a, bit, of, a bit of inclement weather, but Heidelberg versus West Preston Lakeside. It's a clash that uh, is is shaping as, as being one of the games of the season. The two sides have played twice this year. Heidelberg's won both of them, and, and both in pretty similar fashion. Trailed for probably the best part of, of uh, three quarters and then, and then run over the top late. So they first met back in round one. The Tigers were dominant in that uh, final term and, and ran away to win by 34 points. Last time around, it was a 23-point win. That was when West Preston was Norton 5. The, the Roosters led that one by about four or five goals early, but... Uh, run out of steam, but that match, round six, so the two sides haven't played for the best part of three months, and the last time they met, West Preston hadn't won a game, so it's interesting as to how much we can actually take out of the, the head-to-head games between the sides in, in 2019. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Two, two, two matches in the first six rounds between these two sides, and uh, West Preston obviously had a few injuries early on in the season, just finding form, but... Um, they've stormed home in the 2019 home and away season and, and really do deserve their spot in finals and a dominant performance over Montmorency on the weekend. So there's no reason that, why they can't take it up to Heidelberg, but 
I think Heidelberg are going to come, especially coming off just that last quarter on the weekend, uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence. And it's interesting because we were talking at three-quarter time in, in the broadcast game on Saturday as to whether Heidelberg just manages yeah. the list. We know that there was a few injury concerns. Lockie Wilson had spent a little bit of time off, so too Michael Brunelli. I think they're both expected to be fine. But in terms of do they, you know, what, what do you get out of the game? But the fact that they, you know, ran it to the, to the line, I think... Some might argue where you're risking injury or fatigue, but they actually get something out of the game now. They had a rolled over. It's it's a wasted yeah. wasted game, and all of a sudden you get to try and find some confidence again. Haven't lost two games in a row all season, so that's something that that works on their side as well. But um, obviously went into the the campaign as as or sorry the finals as was one of the sides to beat and maybe the side that we thought was best placed to challenge Greensboro. But it's not an ideal matchup coming up against the West Preston side, which at the weekend kept Montmorency to just one goal as in one of the more dominant final showings we've seen. I know conditions played a part given the fact that we did get some really heavy rain, but that wasn't really until late in the day, you know, yeah. late in the third quarter and throughout the fourth. So it's an absolutely mighty effort and the Roosters, you'd have to argue, could could hardly be playing better footy going into this game here. They've finished the campaign full of running. We know that they won 10 of their last 12 games, but to add a dominant finals victory into the mix as well, where all of their dominant players played really well. Ahmed Saad, he kicked six goals in a day that was pretty tough for forwards and he showed his absolute silk right throughout the day. Um, they also had really good performances from Aidan Tilly, Alex Federico and Max Dreer, whose last month has been absolutely outstanding. So they go into this game and they're going to take some, some beating. As I said, I, I feel the winner of this one could very well go on and win the Premiership. So it's going to be a season which ends prematurely for one. They'll feel that uh, they'll be knocked out in the second week of finals, feeling that they're capable of perhaps holding up some silverware late in the year. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be a, a real great match because looking at the, the two matches these sides played against each other in the season, just looking at the goal kickers, side kicked nine goals in the two games. Um, and on the other side of things, Sam uh, Sam Grimley, uh, sorry, kicked, not, kicked nine um, in the two games as well. Chad Sargent kicked four in um, in one of the matches. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how both sides defend because... Um, they're kind of very different forward lines. They've got a tall timber down for Heidelberg, but Saad is really the focus for that West Preston forward line. Um, it might work in their favour depending on what the conditions do. So it, it just it just throws up another um, thing to think about. His matchup's always going to be a key talking point going in. Dan O'Dwyer's taken some jobs on, on yeah. small forwards throughout the, the course of the year, started on and played on Shane Harvey at the weekend. So he might be the one that gets first crack. We talked about VFL commitments as well. It, it potentially does have, have an impact this coming weekend. We know uh, Port Melbourne... Um, Upset maybe Geelong on the weekend, so that means Matt Signorello will continue with the, the borough there, so West Preston won't have uh, access to him. Would have been a massive in had yeah. he become available. So it really will play a factor. Mark Kovacevic didn't play at the weekend. You wonder now with coming up against a player like Sam Gilmore, Matt Harmon had a good game at the weekend, but do they need a, a second ruckman? I think if he's fit to play, Kovacevic is picked every day yeah. of the week, so it's just a matter of, of how his body holds up as well. But you feel that they may need to, to have him there, given how dominant Sam Gilmore's been throughout the course of the year. So really looking forward to it. I think uh, it would be great to see how Heidelberg responds. As I said, there was the disappointment of losing, but you can take something away with the, the momentum they built out of the last quarter. And then you look at, West Preston Lakeside and you think well they're firing on all cylinders and ultimately if they are eliminated this weekend it's 
not the back half of the year that's been the concern. It's been that slow start, which eventually comes back to bite them. So that game, of course, being broadcast on 88.6, plenty of Valley FM this weekend, going to be an absolute beauty. So that's our look at Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. We're now going to turn our attention after the break to the action in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. We now jump into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, where, as we said in the intro, Banyul booked the first place in the grand final. They had a gripping seven-point win over Whittlesey, 11 goals, 9.75 to 10 goals, 8.68. That at Epping Recreation Reserve. It was pretty close on Sunday as well. It didn't look like it was going to be. Eltham was six goals clear during the third term, but Thomastown fought back gamely to get within a kick in the last quarter, Altham steadied with two late goals to win 8 15 63 to 6 8 44. What that now means is that Banyul is through to its first second division grand final in the Northern Football Nepal League. Of course, only their second season in the division after winning the 2017 third division premiership. Uh, they'll play either of Whittlesey or Altham in the preliminary final. And Going into it, it's almost a case of your guess is as good as mine because the two sides haven't been separated by much, the Panthers or Eagles, right throughout the course of the year. Their head-to-head games don't give us too much of an insight given they've both been so close. One of them decided by four points in very heavy conditions at the Whittlesea Showgrounds, the Eagles prevailing there. And then back in round three, Altham came from behind to win a close one by 14 points. So I guess the one thing we probably are expecting is a very close game to determine which side plays off against Banyul in this year's grand final. Yeah, definitely. Banyul are a side that has been so talented and really deserved that spot in the grand final. But uh, this game, this preliminary final between Whittlesey and Altham is just um, such a gripping one because Altham were all conquering last year, basically, and it took, took the very last kick of the season for them to, to lose that grand final and stay in second division. So with Banyul kind of shooting up, they were obviously a finals team last year, but then to, to become what they have been this year, and then obviously Whittlesey coming down from Division 1, uh, a few new challenges in the ring, but... They've been pretty good, Altham, this season. They they haven't been uh, probably to the standard that they were last year, but they're still a, a very uh, a, a, pre- a premiership fancy, and there's no reason why they can't beat Whittlesey on the weekend. Yeah, and I think that's the thing here is that both... I mean, I, I just look back to last year, and Altham first side into the grand final, and I think at the time going in, Banyul played low plenty, and everyone probably yeah. thought that Banyul was playing better footy to perhaps trouble Altham, but regardless, either was going to be... The outsider going into the grand final, as it turned out, Lower Plenty won the prelim and then caused a massive boil over in the grand final. But this year in the prelim, I, I, you genuinely think that whoever wins that has every right to think that they're you know, going into a grand final where it's going to be 50-50. You look at, uh, at, at Banyul's uh, record against Whittlesey and it's very close. They've played three games. It's now 2-1 in favour of Banyul, but the last two contests decided by six points and seven points. Altham's form hasn't stacked up as well against Banyul, but they've now won four in a row, uh, have probably had some, some key players out when they've played the Bears throughout the course of the season. So for mine, I think this weekend, it's not just a case to, to reach a grand final. I think you go into it thinking that you're, you're genuinely, absolutely every chance of, of going on to, to win a premiership. So looking at the form lines, we know Whittlesey had won nine straight games. They lose no admirers for what they did at the weekend. It was a tense battle all the way through. They were 
trailing by three goals early in the piece, actually hit the front for the first time about midway or maybe three quarters of the way through the last quarter. A goal to Blake Watson put him ahead, but it was late goals to Luke Giles and, and also to James Cruceratus, which eventually got Banyul over the line by seven. But you'd have to think, I know they, they lost on the weekend, but you wouldn't think it would have taken um, too much of a mental toll on them. It's just a matter now for Whittlesea as to how they back up physically after pretty bruising game of footy. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was a tough match on the weekend and um, and going down by seven points to Banyul, it's, it's a tough one to take and uh, mentally we'll see how they rebound against Altham this weekend, but they're such a good side and as we said a bit earlier, they're, they're, they're doing themselves no favours they're, or they're doing other uh, doubters. Um, it, it's just going to be, it's like it's such a tough matchup and I think they're, they're such a really good side and they can challenge Banyul if they do get there on grand final day and there's just no reason they can't win the whole thing. And I think what, what I like about uh, this game is you've got a coach in, in Blair Harvey who knows what it takes to get the job done in Northern Football Netball League finals. He's been to the well so often, won so many premierships with Heidelberg and, and North Heidelberg. So he is, if you talk about recruits into the side, he's as good as one as well. I think what he can bring. And then you look at uh, at Altham, we've got Brent McCaffrey there who's won an AFL premiership as well. So they're both going to take, you know, they're both going to be able to provide a good insight into their side. We know Altham has, has been there before last year, played off in a in a, a grand final for Whittlesea. It's a new looking team. I know they've had great success in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 in recent times. They've won premierships in each of their last three seasons in that competition. But this side's got a bit, bit, bit of a different feel to it. Albeit, we do know that um, most of them have also, uh, or maybe a good half of them have actually been part of the, the more recent premiership as well. So uh, that's going to be a really telling one. Adam Oxley, we talked about VFL talent a few moments ago when we were talking in the top flight, but Oxley came in. He was uh, probably always going to be one of the, the key players going into last week's game against Thomastown. Absolutely dominant and, and clearly best on ground. You think that he's going? His performance probably goes a long way to how Altham, uh, I guess, finishes this weekend's game as to whether they get through to a grand final or, or whether they uh, they don't make it and, and their season finishes this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oxley's one that can can do a lot, especially at this level. Um, he's he's more known at AFL level. He's more kind of that float across half back, take those marks and and rebound. He can, he, but. At this level, he can probably go in the middle and get a few clearances for Altham, and um, he's just such a talented player. And to to get him down, it's just it's fortunate for Altham that, that Collingwood missed the VFL finals, but um, it's it just uh, it's great for them to to get him in, and uh, just adds another string to their bow. Yeah, I think it's huge, and I think the other one that's interesting is that the last time the sides met, it's hard to take anything out of the game given the fact that it was so heavy at Whittlesea Showgrounds. There was puddles literally on the playing surface and it was at times a bit like trying to play footy in a swimming pool but you look at the conditions this weekend and we're not expecting it to be as heavy as it was back when they sides met the most recent time but maybe there is some insight we can take from that game. Altham led uh, throughout the, the opening couple of quarters and then Whittlesey pegged them late 2-5-0 to zero in the last quarter to, to win the game albeit it was a, a case of the opposite when they met earlier in the year where Whittlesey led comfortably and really Xavier DeMarcy who, who set the tone that day he and Jaron Murphy were outstanding so I think Altham will put a lot of time into DeMarcy because his clearance work when the sides met at the start of the year was was pivotal in, in Whittlesey getting the upper hand and, uh, and I think this weekend he's a player that they're going to have to focus a lot of their attention on uh, Banyul they get a chance to recuperate this weekend it's, it's a remarkable achievement what, they, what they've been able to put together this year in just their second season in, in the division I know they've recruited quite well over the past three years going back to when they won the premiership but to, to still come in reach a prelim last 
last year and now advance on that again this year with additional expectations. It's it's quite an achievement for them, but they'll feel that they're still un- unfulfilled and, and they've still got uh, one more major obstacle to overcome to feel like their season's a success. Yeah, exactly. And I think this, this side is... Uh it's so well balanced and I think they've they've got that finals experience we know it's only two years or yeah two years since they won a premiership in division three and you look at this side and the one that um that gets me is Cruciratus he he left Altham to join Banyul and at the at the time that was such a surprise move for him to um to go down to DB3 footies led um this side he was a top goal kicker in uh, in division one and um, now he gets a chance to, to play off in a grand final to get back to Division 1 footy. And potentially playing against his old side. So that's the, obviously, uh, everyone's attention this weekend in A-plus Labor Solutions. Division 2 will be at the action at Epping Recreation Reserve this Saturday. It's a 10 past 2 first bounce. But there's also been some other news around uh, second division throughout the course of the week. A few coaching appointments. Diamond Creek has announced that Andrew, Andrew Tranquilly will take the coaching reins from Craig Hayes. So Andrew is a former a Collingwood uh, AFL player in the uh, mid to early 90s but uh, has some, some great cro- coaching credentials which includes getting Doncaster up from third division in the Eastern Football League uh, through to the, the top flight so winning a couple of premierships there so that's a great addition for Diamond Creek after missing the finals for the past two years having played in the 2017 decider and then the Fitzroy Stars as well announcing Dean Rioli as their coach for season 2019 so two oh, sorry two 2020. So two really good appointments there and, and both of those uh, coming in with former AFL experience. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Dean Rioli is the one that really interested me. I, I think he was um, a, a good, a great player at AFL level and um, I think he's just going to bring uh, a different dimension to this Fitzroy Stars club because I think he, he's always kind of been a leader and I think it's, it's a perfect role for him to, to go into that head coaching. Uh, Tranquil, Tranquil is going to be one. He's, he's got such a great resume and um, coming into this Diamond Creek club, there's a lot of talent on the list and just a matter of putting it all together and, and getting back to, to the big stage. And if, I mean, if you're him, and, and even Rioli as well, you'd be saying that you look at the performances late in the year and Diamond Creek, well, they've beaten uh, Altham convincingly, yeah. they've beaten Banyul convincingly and they've pushed Whittlesey. So the, the sides that are above them on the table, they've got good form against. They'd be thinking, get a few extra ingredients there and, and you've got the, the recipe for perhaps a side that can contend in, already in, in season 2020 and the Stars finished this year with a bit of momentum, didn't they, with those late wins in the season. So there's something to, to look forward to, to there as well. So We'll go to a short break. On the other side of this, we're going to look at the upcoming Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three Grand Final, where Panton Hill will take on South Morang. You're listening to the NFNL Podcast. Well, it's the biggest weekend of the season in Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three. It is this year's Grand Final. It will be played between Panton Hill and South Morang. Jared... As we said in our intro, perhaps not the matchup we were expecting. It's been long uh, been a, a thought that it would be Lorimer taking on Panton Hill in this year's grand final. But South Rank's come good at the right time of the year. It's been an amazing transformation given the fact that you go back to all the way to, to round four and five and they were really battling. They'd had that thumping loss against Panton Hill where I don't think we've had a case where when grand finalists meet, you look at their head-to-head and one of their results is decided by 124 points. I just can't recall a, a situation where that ever would have happened, but uh, it is this weekend and that's because South Morang's come good at the right time of the year and, and perhaps reach a grand final when, when few had given them uh, much hope. But they'll go in as the underdog, there's no doubt about that, but 
you can be sure that Panton Hill won't be taking anything for granted this weekend. They're expecting a, a fierce uh, hot crack from a side that's in, in great form in recent times. Yeah, exactly. South Rango kind of peaked at, at the exact right time that they wanted to. They um, obviously finished off the home and away season so well and then went into the finals with so much confidence. Um, did it fairly easily in the end against Kilmore and then 10 points over Lorimer in the semi-final. Uh, they've got... Uh, a great side, a great, well-balanced side, and I think that they will, they will challenge Panton Hill. Everyone can look at that 124-point deficit in um, one of their games early in the season and say, well, we'll ride it off now. But um, they've got a lot of fight in this side, and um, they'll go very close on the weekend. Well, weather is, is going to be an interesting one for me because I think if you're South Marang, there's no doubt you're going to be undersized. You look at that Panton Hill forward line with Boyden and Byron, and they're strong marking forwards, and, and South Marang just doesn't have probably def- enough defenders to be able to counter them in the air, but also at the other end, they're not going to have the, the same aerial presence as well. So the forecast at this stage, the game to be played at the Whittlesea Showground Saturday at 10 minutes past two. That's the first bounce anyway. But if you look at the, the forecast for, for this coming Saturday, it might perhaps play into the hands of, of South Morang because it looks like we're going to have rain right throughout the course of the weekend. And uh, up in Whittlesea, the, the forecast is for uh, a 13-degree day with a chance of uh, or a, a good chance of, of rain. So South Marine, that probably works in their favour. I think they're going to have to really ride the wave, I think, of uh, of, of playing their absolute best football and, and carrying the, the recent form they've had. I think if you looked at both, Panton Hill's going to start the favourite. If, if both played uh, to the absolute best of their ability, Panton Hill's probably going to be the side that lifts the cup up at at, uh, at around 5 o'clock. But you feel that South Bank has to be at their absolute best to win. I think if they're uh, a gear or two off, then I, I can't see how they could uh, upset this Panton Hill side. But the, the element of pressure is, is going to play a part as well because without wanting to, uh, to add to the expectation, I think most sides or most pundits would expect Panton Hill to start as favourites. So they just have to, to deal with that as well, which... They've done right throughout the course of the year and they've been in dominant form really since dropping two games in the first half of the year. Yeah, exactly. Weird things happen in footy, so you never know what, what can happen on Saturday. And, and South Ring, they've got um, some good contributors around uh, across the side, but as you said, they're, they're going to be undersized, probably at both ends of the ground. Um, you kind of look, Matty Robinson, their captain, will, will go to assume Reese Boyd. Yeah, and we kept him to, to one goal, I think, uh, in, in the most recent game. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting one. But then there's also um, Byron, who is, is going to be another another goal kicker and, and who do you send to him um, up the forward there and they've got Jake Potter up there who's probably the um, fl- high flying marking option um, he's played a lot at half back in previous years and uh, uses that sweeper and kind of would be useful to have one of him at both ends of the ground so he could fly across um, in front of Boyden and Byron but kick two goals on the weekend and I think yeah, the, the weather is going to play a huge part. So they've coming coming off uh, a great win at the weekend against Lorimer, led uh, at the end of uh, every quarter, but it was tight to the end. Won that one by ten points. Um, obviously coming in having beaten Lorimer in the last round and also Kilmore in the previous final. So their match hardened. Panton Hill, I guess their their recent form has been absolutely dominant. Even when they were second on the ladder, we were constantly saying that we felt that they were probably the best side in it just because of the way that they were they were beating opposition sides. I mean, you look at their average winning margin throughout the course of the year, it's 77 points or you know 13 goals. So it's pretty incredible and they haven't lost the game since being humbled out at, at Kilmore uh, earlier in the year where they only managed three goals in that game, but their other loss was by a point when they kicked pretty inaccurately. So they've been a, a fantastic side all year. I think the other element of this game is it adds or it provides a chance at, at redemption for, for both clubs. They are the two most recent 
grand final losers. Of course, last year, Panton Hill pushed St. Mary's all the way as the underdog and lost that one by 13 points. And, and the year prior, South Murray and Banyul were probably uh, equal favourites throughout the course of the year. And Banyul, the better side during the final series to take that year's premiership. So it does offer an opportunity uh, for both sides to, to get atonement and get back up into, into second division next year. But they both know what it takes on the grand stage, albeit South Morang have had a massive player turnover in the past 24 months. So for many of them, uh, it will be their first time on, on the big stage. And, and many of them uh, are still you know, so young in their career, it's going to be a great opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Well, South Morang are kind of a perennial finals contender. And as you said, we're, we're there against Banyul in 2017, just unfortunately not able to get the job done at that time. Um, and I, I think that they've got that. They've got a little bit of experience on, on grand final day. And um, but I, I just think, yeah, Panton Hill from coming from last year, that loss is still going to hurt. I'm sure that'll get mentioned during the week at some point because um, they do want to atone for that. And I think. They're going to come out breathing fire in this one. So that's going to be a game that we're really looking forward to. This Saturday, it is the Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three Grand Final. It will be live streamed on the NFNL Facebook page for anyone who can't get to the venue. We'll also be broadcasting on air, 88.6 Plenty Valley FM, so you can certainly keep up with all the action there. Panton Hill up against South Morang from 10 minutes past two at the Whittlesea Showgrounds. Jared, it's elsewhere. There's not just the uh, the grand final news, but there's also been a coaching appointment. Matt Sleeman has been appointed coach of of old Altham Collegian, so we wish him the the best of luck in in that new role, taking over from John Garrard, who's done a, a remarkable job in in getting the side. Uh, to where they are in such a short period of time, uh, obviously really contended well throughout this year's campaign. The club will have a, a side present on Grand Final Day. Their reserves through to the decider where they'll take on Heidelberg West. So good to see uh, either of those sides, whoever wins, it'll be a side that hasn't won a premiership for, for some time, uh, getting an opportunity to, to add to, add to the, the trophy cabinet. And we've also had the squad announced for the Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 Team of the Year. There's a good mix there. Every club uh, has at least one representative there, and it's no surprise that uh, Panton Hill has the most players in the squad given their season. Ten players in that squad of 40. But uh, you know, we talk about uh, the mix of players, and you look at the, the quality through that list as well for, for a third division competition. It, uh, it goes to show the high standard that uh, we have running around throughout Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. Yeah, there's some great players in this list, and uh, a few guys that have Division 1 experience and, and still can probably play at that level if they wanted to. And um, it's yeah, it's just a, it's a great list of players, very deserving um, players, and and the 22 that are selected in the squad will be um, yeah a, a great selection of players from Division Three. Of course, you can check that uh, the squad out at nfnl.org.au. The final team, the the team of the year, will be uh, published on the NFNL website on Friday ahead of this year's grand final. But we congratulate the 40-man squad that has been uh, assembled. So for for those who are unaware. Teams of the year are uh, selected by uh, looking at uh, at uh, nominations from every senior coach. So all coaches, uh, all senior coaches uh, provide their, their team of the year. So that's p- picking players in position for the 18 starting positions on the field. Uh, and then from that, uh, we also include the coaches' MVP voting and also the, uh, the umpiring votes, which are taken into consideration as well. So those three measures help determine the, uh, the all the teams of the year that's across all of our football and, and netball competitions as well so we uh, we wish all the best to those 40 players in terms of getting selected in the final 22 Jared it is grand final week and it would be remiss to not hear from both of the grand final coaches so ahead of this weekend's premiership decider we've caught up with both Steve Light 
of Panton Hill, but also Gary Hall of the South Rank Football Club. And we'll start with a chat to the coach of Panton Hill, Steve Lake. Steve, thank you for joining us ahead of a massive week for your club. Obviously, you were there on the big stage last year. You're back again, albeit it's a bit of a different situation given the fact you're coming in off a week's rest this time around. But how's everything faring ahead of the biggest game of the season this Saturday? Yeah, looking forward to it, Sammy. And um, and thanks for having me on again. Um, no, I think the whole club and all the loyal supporters are you know pretty excited. And you know we're only a small small club in terms of numbers, but uh, it all means so much to so many people around our footy club. So really looking forward to it. And the week off has been been good for for a whole lot of reasons, but just to freshen the boys up and you know they're they're as keen as mustard for so they just can't wait. How important is it for you as a coach for, for the side to have, have responded the way they have this year? Obviously, it's, it's heartache whenever you lose a grand final. And, and last year, you were obviously right in the game all the way through. But it can be a lot of hard work to, to get back to the big stage again. But how proud are you of the way, obviously, there's still one big game yet to go, but of the way the club's responded in 2019? Yeah, look, at you, some clubs can, can go a different way, as you know, after a loss like that, a tight loss. Um, to be honest with you, um, our goal completely all the way through was to play finals in 2018 and to contend in 2020. So we haven't lost sight of that goal and uh, I reminded all the boys of that after last year's loss that we are still on target to where we want to get to. And to be honest with you, it's um, it's worked out perfectly to date. So. And I am proud of the way they've gone about it. They've been uh, awesome, absolutely awesome. You take on South Morang, who have really, well, I shouldn't say sneak under the radar, but they've certainly come good at the right time of year. They finished the year in, in fourth spot. Actually, going into the last round, it looked like they might not even play finals. They had to beat then-ladder leader Lorimer, which they did comfortably. They've obviously backed up now with two consecutive finals wins, but you're coming up against a side that's in red-hot form. They are, and um, you know, we've got so much respect for South Morang. Uh, they're well led uh, right from the top, from the president down. Uh, Gary's a great coach, um, and you know you've got to always admire clubs like South Morang that year in year out they're just thereabouts. You know what I mean? They just give everything they've got, and due credit to them the way the, the season's gone for them, the way they've responded in the second half of the year. Um, you know, from from you know a, an ordinary start as they would say early on in the year. I think it's it says a lot about the the club and the way they go about it. So. We've got to be really on our game Saturday. What can you take away from the last two performances you've had against them? I mean, your first one was all the way back in round two and you won that one by more than 20 goals. Second time around, it was a lot closer, yet you still got up by five goals. But a question in two parts, can you take anything away from the first game in round two? It was a long time ago and it's probably a completely different scenario given the fact that you won that one by one of your biggest margins of the year but but what do you take out of the two performances you've had thus far in 2019 against them? I actually uh, disregard the form altogether. I, I think um, you know um, Gary didn't have his best side on the park in the early game in the year um, you know some some sides you know a bit jittery early in seasons and uh, you can have that sort of blowout um, we certainly knew that the year before when we copped a flogging by uh, Mernda early on. So I disregard that form. I also I, I, I take a little bit out of the, the game over at their over at their ground in the, the second round with them, 
given that the weather was ordinary, the wind, the rain, it was just that terrible day, if you remember, Sammy, and um, we came through that pretty well. So I'll take a little bit out of that, but in saying that, we've got a completely different scenario this week. This is a side that's, you know, got their, got their, got their manpower together um, and things are, their confidence is up and they're happy to go as hard as you like in any sort of final, I would have thought. So, we've re- as I said earlier, we've really got to be on our game and worry about our backyard and just keep focused and, you know, I keep saying we just focus on the process, not the outcome. And that's what we've got to do. So, we, we cannot take this side lightly in any way, shape or form and they proved that on Saturday. Your side had the, the week off, so you obviously had an opportunity to, to watch South Rang's game against Lorimer, but in terms of your preparation for the game, how's everything tracked since beating uh, Lorimer in that second semi-final? Obviously, you'll have 14 days between that game and, and this coming Saturday's game, but what's the preparation been like for your side preparing for the biggest game of the season in the grand final? Well, we had a, a standard week last week, and then we added the, the Saturday morning training session, which was great. Uh, and we've really uh, focused on making sure all our boys are healthy, and thankfully we all have our uh, full list to choose from. So the side that represents us Saturday will be the best side we can put out there um, with no injury issues um, other than our long-termers, which were earlier in the season, which we lost a couple of boys for the season. But um, based on what we've got available, we'll have our best side out there Saturday. So the, the preparation for us, in my mind, has been great. Um, and their form's been pretty solid. So we take a bit of confidence into the game, but as I keep saying, you know, um, anything can happen on grand final day. Wind conditions can play a big part, as you know. Um, so we've got to be, got to have a couple of different scenarios in terms of what happens on the day in terms of weather, injuries, etc. How important is it to having been to the big game, I guess, in recent time? I know South Rank probably have, have something similar as well, given they played off in a grand final in 2017. But, but for your side, there's a lot of faces that appeared on grand final day last year. How important is it to have experienced the big stage in getting there once again this year? I think it's massive. Um, I think um, certainly our, our, our more experienced players and the boys that went through the, the lineup last year, um, they know what to expect. Absolutely, and uh, so I think that'll help them. Uh, in terms of the younger players having their first crack at it, um, thankfully we've got, as you know, we've got some great leadership across all the lines, uh, which helps from our point of view. Um, just the little things like the lead-up to the game, the, what to expect on match day in terms of uh, timings a little bit little bit different uh, for certain things that have got to happen prior to the game. Uh, the change rooms are different. Everything's a little bit different, so... We've, um, but thankfully, having going through it, I think it helps the helps will help us. I think in terms of settling, and that's what we need to do: settle early. And for yourself as as a coach, I mean, a lot of talk it's uh, around about the players and how they respond, particularly early in, in any grand final. But what's it like for, as, as the man leading the charge? What's it like going in uh, for the second time in, in successive years? And and how do you see, uh, I guess, the your mental preparation going into into the game on grand final day? It's actually exciting. It really is. It's it's a combination of a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of stress, a little bit of excitement, all mixed together. So, um, it's because you you keep thinking back of how many hours we've devoted to this this opportunity, and and you know they come and go quickly, and uh, they're hard to win. And you know our club's won three senior premierships in its history, so the chance to be part of that, and I keep reminding the guys that 
that's huge. That's massive. You know, that's never taken away from you. It's part of your DNA moving forward. So, irrespective of the level of football, whether and we've got some boys that have played Division One and Two and Three, whether you win Division Three or Two or One, it's the same excitement. And um, I know the guys are so looking forward to it. So, I think um, from a coaching point of view. We've got to settle as well. We've got to be com- composed in terms of what can happen early in the game. So, and that applies not just to the, the the players, but everyone in connection with with the with the lineup this week. And in terms of the game itself, where do you see, I guess, the game being won and lost when when you take on South Morang? Uh Well, it's the the old cliche. It's, it's clearly the midfield. First use is crucial to us. Um, first use gives us an opportunity up forward. And then it's a matter of uh, how we deliver to our, our key forwards and it's a matter of doing the right thing and putting them in the right spot. And you can win the footy, but what you do with it uh, makes all the difference. So our midfield uh, needs to win on Saturday for us to be any chance. Well, we really appreciate your time on such an important week for, for your football club, Steve. Congratulations on, on getting there once again. And uh, obviously everyone in, in the community is looking forward to, to this weekend's game. So we wish you all the very best and uh, can't wait to see your side take on South Morang this Saturday in the Heidelberg Golf Club Dujan 3 Grand Final. Yeah, thanks, Sammy. And uh, congratulations to everyone involved in getting it all together on this day. Thanks, mate. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of the South Morang Football Club, Gary Hall. His side booking a spot in the grand final for the second time in three years, courtesy of the weekend's preliminary final win over Lorimer. Gary, it's been a remarkable rise for your side. It was a tough start to the year, even to the point that you entered the last round of the season not exactly knowing if you are going to play finals. Can you believe the, uh, I guess, the turnaround in form from, from early in the year, but also the past month of, of footy? that you've had to, to reach this year's grand final? Yeah, it's uh, been a little bit of a roller coaster, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, we just had a bad start to the year with injuries and um, we just couldn't, couldn't get a, a squad on the track. Um, it just seemed to be every week we were losing three and four players going down and they were, as I probably said earlier in the year, you know, they were like six to... 10-week injuries too. They're not just soft tissue things. They were broken bones and we just had to sort of plug along as I've probably finished up playing 49 plays through the seniors this year because of that. But, you know, at the same time, you're giving blokes an opportunity to stand up and that's what the young blokes have done. So they've really helped us and come in and, and, and played their role through the season. And, yeah, when the pressure was on that last game, it, it was... It's a funny old uh, few weeks and get smashed by Alpham and then um, come out and have to win and the boys play their, probably their best footy for the year on the last game. If we can go back to that game against Old Eltham, you were you know, trounced in, in that one there. You lost it by um, in excess of, of, I think it was 60 points, but uh, you had to buy the week after and then you knew what your fate lied in, in that last round where you had to, to go over to, to Lorimer and, and get the win to play finals. But your last three games effectively have been knockout finals when you include, include that that last round win at Lorimer. But what do you see as the, the, the point of difference from that round 16 game against Old Eltham to, to what you've been able to achieve over the past three games that you've you've won uh, all of them uh, against good opposition? I think it's just uh, the Eltham game it's very, anyone that's played down there knows it's a tricky little ground, it's quite long but it's narrow and uh, 
it's just not a lot of atmosphere down there either. And just just having a young group, they're not always fully focused. You know, you just don't have to get with them a lot of the time. And I think it really hit home losing by that that much and realizing that yeah, if you want to play finals, you know, we have to do something about this and not rely on anyone else. And uh, they certainly done that against Lorimer in that last game. We just played, you know, just even spread across the board. It was just a this great team effort. And on the weekend, you were able to overcome Lorimer again. It was a, a bit closer this time around, getting over the line by 10 points. How's the side uh, come out of that game? Obviously now on the, the one-week turnaround into the grand final against an opponent that enjoyed a weekend off uh, last Saturday. Yeah, it's, I've, I've spoken to a lot of the boys as you know, sore as you would be at this time of year. Everyone goes into... You know, Time you don't get a fully fit side, so just bumps and bruises and general soreness. But you know, I'm sure they'll be all up and ready to go come Saturday. Um, yeah, I thought we controlled the game on the weekend, but, but uh, they just seemed to be in striking distance each time we, we sort of kicked away. They'd get a couple back and they were just thereabouts. But uh, I thought we, you know, they, the last couple of finals, I thought we'd controlled the game. So. Pant Hill again, sort of David versus Goliath sort of battle for <laughs> big boys for Pant Hill against us little blokes. But uh, I, I just think uh, you know that Pant Hill is a great, you know, great side. They've been the best side all year, without a doubt. They're uh, got a good even spread, and they're just just uh, right age, you know, and they've got a lot of experience coming up against us. Where we've just, I think we've been playing on 22, 23 points all year. Um, just all junior boys, but I think the the difference where where with us is just they've just played together for so long, and they they're really good mates on and off the field, and and the whole playing group 19s reserves they're very tight, and I think that's what you can see um, the last couple of weeks in the final. So you know, the boys will be going in, they'll be playing for each other, which is a big thing. The you've played Patton Hill twice this year. The first time around, I'd imagine the game was, was just a write-off. Nothing really went your, your way at all, and and you went down probably by the biggest margin the club's lost by for probably since you've returned back to to third division. But second time around, it was a, a much closer game. Do you take a fair bit away from from that last game? I know you didn't get the points, but uh, you obviously were able to to close that margin significantly. Yeah. I'll- down, down uh, Pant Hill's ground, it was even the same last year, we just, uh, it, it's just a tiny ground, and with their big, big forwards, and even their backs, you know, they've got so many big players, and we just can't compete down there, they're just, just bullies, so, um, but we always knew on the bigger ground, the wide open spaces, if we could get it, you know, get into the finals, we just thought we're a fair chance up there, um, with, our, with our runners and the way we move the footy, uh, I thought that's that's where we might get get them. So that's that's what we're open on the weekend. Do you envisage uh, any structural changes? I know um, it's been documented that Alex Kalidas went and played in the midfield at the weekend and, and had a really good game. But uh, do you have uh, any others that uh, potentially are in for a new role come Saturday? Not really. I just we experiment through you know throughout the year anyway. And uh, most of the boys I play inside, whether they come through juniors or they've been at the club for a long time, we. You know, they have to play, for me, in the modern day footy, if you can't play three or four different roles, you're going to be pretty obsolete, you know. So most of the boys know 
know, know where to play. Um, you know, if they've got to change the positions at times, it, it doesn't really matter. And we've got a lot of blokes that can go through the midfield anyway. And um, I just got you know Nathan, young Nathan Bell and Alex in there on the weekend. I thought they were a lot fresher for the boys. So um, yeah, and for them to stand up and, and play their roles really well, definitely a bonus. You've got such a young side that uh, that you've you know, featured right throughout the course of the season, but there's quite a few of the players who played in the 27, uh, sorry, 2017 uh, losing grand final. How important will I guess their experience be uh, heading into this week's games, just to perhaps uh, you know pass on that experience to to these younger players, perhaps playing in in a senior grand final for the very first time. Yeah, they, they've, they've they've been really good the last couple. They've just you know made sure everyone's focused and. You know, in um, approach to the game, a professional sort of level. So, and just yeah, don't let them get too carried away. But at the same time, it's, being so young, it's it's like you're getting a free hit. Um, there's not a real lot of pressure. The boys know, and in reality, if we don't make it this year, don't you know, can't pull it off. We're there building you know, around. Most of them are. 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. So, you know, the future's bright at the club. So if we can get this one, that's definitely a bonus. So, you know, they'll be going there and, and playing their football, but with freedom as well. So, you know, there's not a lot of expectation on them this year as opposed to 17. Do you, and does that make it uh, make you as a coach even more proud, given the fact that back in 2017 you went through that year, I think it was you'd lost one or two home and away games. It was you and, and Banyul were clearly the two sides all year that everyone expected to play off in a grand final. But to do it this year where even at the start of the year you, you maybe weren't in some people's finals calculations, does that make you even more proud as a coach to, to be able to get this young list into the last game of the season? Ah, oh, it's huge. You know, you, you, we, you win 11 senior plaques leave the club after a grand final and then we make the prelim last year and go down by a kick and then we lose another four at the start of this year <laughs> and just we it's just the credit to the the club and the junior club we just boys just come in and, and fill those roles and and here we are again everyone's written us off and here we are again playing off for a grand you know for a premiership so i just i couldn't be more proud and uh, you, you mentioned, obviously, uh, a few bit earlier that uh, they've obviously got the big forwards down there at Panton Hill. We know the form that players like uh, Reese Borden and, and Matthew Byron have been in, but does that just make that midfield battle so important to ensure that you're not giving them opportunities to, to have looks in at goal? Yeah, that's right. And the last game we played at, up at our ground, uh, Matty Robbo, our captain, kept uh, Reese Borden to, to one goal. And that that wasn't even when he was playing on him at that time, and that was late in the game anyway. So I'm I'm confident with that match up there. Um, so yeah, it's of course it's it's midfield you know, midfield pressure, of course, and and with uh, Pantnell's massive ruckman, you know things you know, it's difficult. So you just sort of try and break even there in the middle of the ground, and hopefully you can get him on the outside. Well, we really appreciate your time in, in joining us, Gary. It's been a, a great effort to get that side back through to another grand final, and uh, we're all looking forward to the Premiership Decider on Saturday. So thank you for, for your time in, in joining us on the NFNL podcast, and all the very best to your South Rank side in, in this weekend's Heidelberg Golf Club Thanks. Division Three Grand Final. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks very much. And we bring things home now with a look back at the Women's Grand Finals that took place at Epping Recreation Reserve on Sunday. Jared, uh, you were...
present for, for all those three games. As we've said throughout the course of the program, a remarkable effort from the VU Western Spurs, winning, uh, getting all three sides through to grand finals. They took home two premierships, both in ANZ Division One women's, but also in MC Security Division Two women's. Both of the, those sides going through as premiers and champions, undefeated throughout the campaign. A remarkable effort. And Greensboro, for the first time, have a women's premiership to add to their collection. They defeated the VU Western Spurs by 13 points in a really close grand final, which kickstarted the day. Yeah, that was a great match. Uh, Greensboro uh, winning that match by 13 points and uh, some great players across the ground. It was Ashley Ashman who won best on ground for VU Western Spurs but uh, just couldn't will her side over the line. Uh, some great contributors for Greensboro. I think Kyla Parry was, was my pick for best on ground. Um, there, there was just a, 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 Slaw played a really yeah, Rita Slaw was, well. was very close as well, and um, Jesse Hewlett for for the borough. So I think there's there was a lot to to like about this Greensboro side and very deserving winners in the Division Two uh, game in the MC Security Division Two Women's. Well, that was unfortunately the only real one-sided game we saw throughout the day, and. Just clinical VU Western Spurs. Yeah. Just didn't give Heidelberg a sniff at all. Kick with the breeze in the first term. Um, opened up an advantage. It was two goals late in the quarter that really opened it up and they got out to, to have a, a lead of about uh, 20-odd points at, at quarter time. Didn't kick a goal in the second term, but they ran home their advantage in the third. Nine goals, nine uh, unanswered in that third term. And, and it has to be said that they were a, a class above all season long and, and thoroughly deserving of their premiership win. Yeah, exactly. It, it was um, a, a great match from the VU Western Spurs and, and just absolutely clinical in the end and very deserving premiers. So they took that at that win with a 107-point win. Uh, for Heidelberg, unfortunately, they had a, a few players injured throughout the course of the day. Monique Cook was having a really good game. She went down. We saw Emma Rowe uh, limited at, at times as well. She went off early with a, a hand injury and uh, a few others along the course of the way as well so um, didn't have much luck on their side and they probably needed it given the fact that the strength of the opposition they were they were taking on but a remarkable effort for Heidelberg to reach the grand final in their first season of women's competition you know bypass third division and straight to second division and to reach a grand final is a, a remarkable achievement so it's unfortunate the way the season ended but I don't think that should take away from from what they produced throughout the, the course of the year and then of course the uh, the um, ANZ Division 1 women's uh, competition was uh, grand uh, a premier of VU Western Spurs we've seen Bendigo win the, the first two uh, premierships but it's VU who now also get their name in the history books it was a tough game Jared 29 points their final winning margin uh, winning 9-9-63 to 5-4-34 over Diamond Creek women's but they were absolutely made to work for it right throughout the, the course of the afternoon and uh, in the end the, the heavy conditions maybe suited them in the last quarter when Diamond Creek was coming home with the wind yeah it looked like Diamond Creek could almost um, to force a comeback in the end there but that rain just came down hard at the, at the final uh, at the final break and through that last quarter so just unfortunate Diamond Creek but uh, they had such a great season and played some good footy during finals to get to this position and uh, very deserving to, to be there on the day but just unfortunately run into the VU Western Spurs. Yeah, you, you're spot on about that. To come from fourth and to, to be within a kick of, of the undefeated side at half time shows you how far Diamond Creek women's came throughout the course of the season but uh, VU, I don't think anyone could begrudge them that premiership win. One of their co-captains, Jessica Frank, best the field in, in that, uh, that performance and uh, her side as we say, getting their first ever Division One Women's Premiership in the Northern Football Netball League. We also had four of the Netball Premierships decided last Friday night. 
Uh, we congratulate McLeod 1, who defeated Bandura by four goals to take out this Section 5 Premiership. The Section 6 Grand Final went the way of Heidelberg West. Uh, they upset Kilmore to win by 13 goals. In Section 7, South Morang uh, was too good for Epping. The final score, perhaps, probably not indicative of how close that game was. Eight goals, South Morang's final winning margin, but it was much closer than that right throughout the game. The Lions breaking away late, and in Section 8, uh, Watsonia saved arguably its best performance of the season till the very end, and they scored an 11-goal win over Mernda, despite having to come through the long way to reach that grand final, Watsonia, the Premier. So the netball season, winter season at the very least, concludes this coming weekend. We have four grand finals all at Parade College. It includes the Section 1 decider, and that will be played between Diamond Creek and Ivanhoe. So it's the absolute class of Diamond Creek. They've been far and away the most dominant uh, side throughout the competition uh, right throughout our, our netball history. Uh, they basically uh, are the only side to have won a flag, but for one where McLeod won the premiership uh, going all the way back, you have to go, this is a remarkable stat, 2009, the last oh. time Diamond Creek didn't win the premiership. They've played off in every decider. Uh, the, the competition started in 2008, and they've won every single premiership. A remarkable achievement, and they come up now against a... Ivanhoe side, which is young uh, and uh, raring to go, but uh, Diamond Creek obviously has history on their side. So that game to start from 9.30 uh, this coming Friday. Uh, prior to that, at 8.30, the Section 2 decider, Craigieburn won up against St. Mary's. One Craigieburn joined our competition last year, took a premiership then and, and going for another one this year. It's Watsonia won up against Ivanhoe 3 in the Section 3 decider and North Heidelberg 3 takes on St. Mary's 2 in the Section 4 grand final. So wishing all those eight sides in action. The very best of luck in this weekend's Premiership Deciders. Friday night, Parade College. Action starts from 6.30 with the Section 4 Grand Final. So looking forward to seeing as many supporters there as possible to support uh, the, the, the very last night of the 2019 winter netball season. Before we sign off, Jared, it's a massive weekend coming up. We are going to hear from the coach of the VU Western Spurs Division 1 Premiership winning side, Christina Politaka. She goes through her side's performance at the weekend in taking out the Premiership. Uh, in signing off, we do thank everyone for tuning in to this weekend's edition. We hope you enjoy the upcoming weekend of action in the Northern Football Netball League. Plenty to look forward to, and we thank you for joining us on the NFL podcast. But here is the coach of the VU Western Spurs, Christina Politaco. Christina, congratulations on the success, not only at the weekend, but right throughout the year to go through undefeated and, uh, and to claim the premiership as, as premiers and champions. What does that mean to yourself and, and your football club? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, to be honest, we're still on cloud number nine. Um, we're very excited. We knew that we're coming into a grand final undefeated, so there was a bit of pressure behind us. But as we, as I said to the girls, just play our brand of footy and uh, the results will sort itself out. So we're very excited. We've been celebrating for a couple of days and I'm sure we'll be celebrating a bit longer. Your two finals games, you had you had sides that took it right up to going back to the second semi with Darabin and, and then obviously on grand final day with, with Diamond Creek women. Do you have to be wrapped with the way your side responded to, as you say, you know, not only win the game but also deal with the, the added pressure of going into the final series as, as the side to beat? Yeah, absolutely. And we knew when we played Darabin, it was probably our worst performance for the year. Um, and then we had that bye. So we knew we had to really put the extra effort throughout training and we knew Dino were coming. They had the momentum. Um, but the girls' mindset, and that was the um, 
the focus for the training week is the positive mindset of we can do it. And the girls responded really well. And our captains, Jess Frankie and Tara Morgan, they definitely let the girls out on the Sunday to make sure that we held the cup. The halftime message, what, what did you say to the girls? You're seven points in front, the game is hanging in the balance, and then you come out in the third quarter and kick six <laughs> goals to one. But can you recall what uh, what the message was at, at, I'd imagine, a pretty tense time? Yeah, well, I, I pretty much said to the girls, we have to, we've got to set, uh, win the quarter to set the grand final up for us because we, we had the wind. Um, and I, I asked for them for at least four goals, and they responded with six goals, and I knew three-quarter time we were up by about 40 points, I think. But, you know, with Diamond Creek, with their never-say-never attitude, uh, they did come out, I think they kicked the first two goals or something, And but then we we went to a bit of a defensive side and make sure that we played a bit of a, you know, a bit of a not-nice brand of footy, but, um, but the rain came down, and I knew probably 10 minutes into the, into the last quarter, we held it, and um, it was just a, a great response for the girls. The way they responded the third quarter, they definitely set up the um, the, the win for us. It's we're talking about forty eight hours after the, the premiership win. But uh, have you had a chance to, to just sit back at any stage and just reflect on on what the club's been able to achieve this year to have both your division one and two sides go through and win premierships undefeated to also have the division three side uh, feature in the grand final as well? Have you had a chance to just look back on on the the amazing two thousand and nineteen that you've had? Um, well, we've got together obviously the last couple of days and. We've had the chance just to celebrate in terms of the club's success and not only just of the premiership but the, as a whole club and what we've been able to do. And, you know, over the last couple of days, we've had about 90, 90 girls and, and supporters just in and out of the club and just um, celebrating what's happened. And um, I know the Div 3 girls were a bit, you know, disappointed of not winning the success, but for them to get into the grand final, they were just very proud of themselves. And I know Doreen Roberts, the coach, was very proud of the girls. and. Um, the Division Two side were up and about, and you know we'll celebrate even more during our presentation. I will have the acknowledge the individual performances, but also reflect back on the year it's been. We did watch the um, the replay yesterday um, on the Monday, and you know we could enjoy it a bit more. We could relax because we know what the result would be. But um, again, a credit to Dino for the way they played, and um, they'll be back next year. What's next now for the club? Obviously, two uh, two premierships this year. Next year, I imagine, again, you, you're going to be a hunted side, but uh, when does it all start to be, being prepared to, to what happens, actually, from 2020 onwards? When does the attention turn to, to that? Um, well, we obviously want to get back into it late, uh, late this year, just to make sure to see who's around, who's hanging up the boots, um, you know, what other new players coming down. But, you know, I think I think it was just Frankie, our captain, said, you know, what's better than one premiership, the, the two premierships. So we'll, we'll aim to go back-to-back. And uh, on, a, on a personal note as well, you've coached a premiership with the side back in 2017 with the uh, Division Two side, but uh, to now do it is uh, in the top flight and, and to be crowned premiers of the NFNL Division One competition. What does that, that mean to you on a, on a personal note? Look, on a personal note, yeah, um, I guess all the hard work's paid off because... I know personally I put a lot of effort into, you know, each week with training and, and game plan and our style and I'm just um, wrapped that myself and Brenton Cooper, my assistant coach, we um, we deserve what we got because we did work extremely hard but I'm just I'm just really wrapped for the club and the girls because at the end of the day, they're the ones that put their bodies on the line. We 
we just do, do all the talking, they do all the walking. Well, Christina, congratulations on your club success right throughout the, the course of the year. It's a remarkable achievement to get all three sides into the big dance, but to come away with two premierships and have two sides uh, not lose a game all year, it's, uh, you're really setting the, uh, setting the tone. So congratulations and uh, enjoy the celebrations uh, for as, as long as uh, they continue on. We will. Thank you very much for your support. Cheers.